morning. Uh, if you're a visitor, yeah, great to have you here. What do you think of that video, hey? Um, it's, it's good, isn't it? I, I, wonder if, um, I wonder if you've ever felt like that. I wonder if you've ever felt empty, perhaps even today. I reckon most of us have felt that way at some time, if we're honest with ourselves. And maybe today you've come uh, hoping to be filled why you've come this morning. Life's got the better of you uh, the, and that emptiness seems to be growing or at least you just can't shake it. The things that you've tried to fill that emptiness with, well they just keep coming up short. You know, they just don't quite do it. The nice things, friendships even, uh, getting behind a cause, escape, travel, even family, they just don't seem to fill. I own, uh, I own two different cars. I actually own three, to be honest, but that's another story. I own two different cars. I'm going to tell you about those two cars. One, one of those cars is very responsible. Very responsible car. It's, it's small, it's economical, and it's very, very boring. The other car, well, it's great fun. It's large, it's irresponsible, and it's uneconomical to the point or to the extent that one could describe its fuel usage as having a drinking problem. A guzzler is economical compared to that beast. Now, the small car costs about $40 to fill. The large car, <clears throat> wait for it, costs about $170 to fill. And most of that gets used up when I drive up the pass. <laughs> They're very different cars, there's no doubt about it. But they have one thing in common when it comes to fuel. If I don't refuel, they stop working. I need to keep going back and filling up. Now, what if I told you today that you could <coughs> fill the emptiness that you feel in life and not have to keep coming back? It'd be good news, wouldn't it? The good news. Well, that's the message of Easter Sunday morning, that you can be filled. And that's what I want us to hear today. So this morning, what we're going to do, we're going to continue to look at, uh, well, what we're doing over, over the last few weeks. We've been looking at this guy called Peter and following some of Peter's letters and his speeches and acts and so on. Peter was that, he's a disciple of Jesus. Uh, he was an, an apostle sent by Jesus to go and spread the good news about Jesus. He was the guy who saw the whole thing. That's Peter. I'm going to keep looking at him. He was, he was one of the first disciples that Jesus called to follow him. Remember, he was a fisherman. He saw Jesus' miracles and he heard him teach. He was one of the inner circle of, with Peter and John. Uh, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was betrayed and arrested. He was at the foot of the cross when, when, uh, and he saw Jesus die. He was one of the first to find the empty tomb. Remember, he ran back after the Marys told him. He ran back and saw the empty tomb uh, first on that Easter Sunday morning. And over the next 40 days, Peter spoke with, he ate with, the resurrected Jesus. 
It's this same Peter who penned this little letter at the end of our New Testaments called 1 Peter. And that's the one that, uh, that Kath read from just a moment ago. Now, if you have a Bible, you could follow along and flick around a bit from what we're going to do, follow on, to, on today. But we're going to, most of the verses will be up on the screen. This is this first letter that Peter wrote, and he wrote it to a scattered church. A really, a, these bunch of Christians who had nowhere to meet, uh, they were persecuted for their faith, and um, it was a hard time to be a Christian. It was about the early 60s AD. Peter opens his letter writing about a hope that is real and certain, a hope that fills. Let's see what he says to start. It's 1 Peter 1, verses 3 and 4. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. Peter, the guy who saw the whole thing, writes of a new birth into a living hope. You can see it up there. See, when we put our trust in Jesus, now, now Peter uses the word faith. Now and then you can use faith, belief, trust, whatever. When we put our trust in Jesus, God makes things, by the work of his spirit, he makes things new in our life. In another part of the New Testament, that change is described as a new creation. And Jesus even, even uses the words um, being born again. The old is gone, the new has come. You see, this is, what this means is that by Jesus' death on the cross, that the slate has been wiped clean. We talked about this on Good Friday. What happened on the cross, sin was forgiven. The old is gone. The past is just that. You see, it's the past. Now, perhaps it's the past that is the cause of your emptiness. The good news of Jesus, what we see straight away in these two verses, is that he deals with that. The cross deals with the past. Whatever you've done, the slate is wiped clean. We're forgiven. Jesus took our sin on himself and he fills that emptiness with something so much better well verse 3 tells us that this new birth is a gift it's given to us we don't earn it we can't earn it it's simply by faith and God gives this new birth to us by his great mercy his love I take it it must have been on Thursday night that this was put together I don't know if you saw this, a church in Sydney got together on Bondi Beach and what do you, it's not really graffiti is it, a sandcastle making, I don't know, um, but they put these symbols into the beach on Bondi, it must, Bondi's a busy beach so they must have done it really early in the morning or late at night, I don't know, uh, I think it's pretty cool because what it, if you can't see it probably it's a cross and then equals a heart meaning love, that, that's the cross, that's what the cross, they're right, they've got it spot on. That's what the cross equals. The cross equals love. See, what happened on the cross is that God demonstrated his love, his mercy, by his one and only son dying for sinners. Jesus' death for sinners, the old is gone, the new has come, and so it's a new birth. That good news, that's good news, I should say, and, and, and that's good news that fills emptiness. Now, something else we notice from these verses again in the verse 3 is that this new birth we've been talking about, see, it's a new birth into a living hope, a hope that's not dead, but alive because it's made possible by the living Lord Jesus. 
or as Peter writes, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It's a real and certain hope. It's not like hope that we understand it today. In other words, that where we hope the weather will be nice. It's not like that. Or is it, and I think this is more closer to the truth about how we understand the use of the word hope today, it's not about the odds. In other words, if the odds are good, well, we've got more hope of a win. That's how it's often used today, isn't it? That's not the case with biblical hope at all, and certainly not here. Biblical hope is a confident expectation in God's promises, that God keeps his promises. So in verses 3 and 4, well, we can see that's the promise of heaven. That's the promise of eternal life, as Jesus put it, or as Peter writes here, an inheritance for Christian people that will never perish, spoil or fade. I want to show you my favourite jumper. Just hold on for a minute, will you? Here it is. Get back to the microphone so we can hear. Here's my favourite jumper. Well, isn't it nice? It's lovely. Let's put it, they won't put it on. But it, yeah, it's, yeah, I, I really like it. This is my favourite jumper. It's green, so it matches the colour of my eyes. Um, and uh, I've had it, you might notice, I've actually had it for a long time. Although you can buy clothes these days that look old. Isn't that funny? But I sound like an old person then, don't I? Um, anyway, this is, this, I've had it since 2004, this jumper. It is my favourite jumper. Now, it's probably not one I wear to church. Um, maybe, I don't know. But here's, this, it's, it's, it's not perfect, you can see that. It's got a, there's a big hole there. It's got a hole there. And uh, there it is. My often, you know, we put my hand through that by accident sometimes. It's got its imperfections, although it is country road, so it's a little bit la-di-da, you know? <laughs> um, so it's got, it's starting to fade a bit, you know, and, and uh, it's starting to perish, that's for sure. But I can tell you, it's really comfortable. I really like it. It's really comfortable. So what I do, well, I, I hang on to it. I'm going to keep wearing it because it's really comfortable. I like it. But in my, well, let's just call it what it is, in my ignorance and naivety and foolishness, <laughs> I keep wearing it thinking it's going to last. Yeah, one more season. Should be right. I keep going. One more season. I've got to reckon it's got a few left in me, for sure. The truth is, Graham, it's not going to last. It's not. It's falling apart. Look at it. Dear, oh dear. And it's just silly me wearing it over and over again. Don't you think? Although, you know, come on, we've all got a jumper like this at home, haven't we? Some sort of shirt or some, you know, tracky pants or something like that that we like to wear. It's silly. It's falling apart. And, it, and I guess, in fact, as I put my hope in it, <laughs> if I want to use that term for a minute, it is, it's foolish thinking that it's going to keep going and going and last and lasting. You know, friends, I'm wondering if this chumper of mine is a good representation of the hope we place in the things of this world, uh, which may make us comfortable for a while. They may make us feel good for a while, for a time, but they don't last. You see, they will perish, spoil and fade away. It's a strange thing um, watching the people, uh, and I can understand it, watching the people mourn over the burning of the Cathedral of Notre Dame. Uh, it, it seems that many people placed a sort of hope, didn't they, in that building. Uh, maybe we can explore why. But uh, 
it is just bricks and mortar, isn't it? It is just bricks. It's, it's impressive bricks and mortar, no doubt about that. It's a nice-looking church, but it's just bricks and mortar. See, like everything else, the things of this world will perish, spoil, and fade. But one thing won't, and that's God's promises of the inheritance he gives Christians. Heaven. See, the things of this world don't last. So our question is, why, why do we keep putting them on? Why do we keep putting our hope in them if they don't last? Why do we keep wearing them, so to speak? Why do we expect them to fill our emptiness when all they do is leave us wanting more? Why do we do that? See, the truth is, of course, that nothing in this world truly satisfies. You can't be totally filled by anything in this world, anything. You will always need to keep coming back for more. So it's like when you hear a great song on the radio or whatever, you know, on Spotify, you hear a great song, you have to put it on repeat and listen to it again and again. I'm a big culprit for that. I want to, if I hear a great song, I'm going to hear it 30 times. And, and I get criticised for that. Again, same song. Hearing it once won't be enough. Or, you know, we have a, if you have a great moment, you need to take a picture, don't you? You've got to put it on Instagram put it on Facebook, whatever, take a selfie. It's a great moment. Um, just being present for that great moment, that's not enough. You've got to go back to it again. No matter, how, no matter what you eat today, well, you're going to need something to eat tomorrow, aren't you? Our food is only temporary. We never have enough. No matter how much money you have, well, you always find yourself wanting more. You'll never be rich enough. No matter how long you live, you always hope... For one more day of life, you'll never live enough. See, friends, I reckon my guess here, as we go back to this letter, my guess is that these Christians that Peter writes to, who's, uh, well, and history tells us this is true for many Christians at that time, it was a dangerous time to follow Jesus. See, my guess is that as their lives were threatened because they believed, as they, as they lost their jobs, as they all knew someone who died for the sake of following Jesus, as they were kicked out of homes, as the churches were burned down, as Christians were burnt, to the, burnt alive at the stake in Nero's gardens. This is the time we're talking about. My guess is, as Peter writes to them, there would have been times of emptiness. Don't you think? There would have been times of emptiness. There would have been times of losing hope and questioning why. Oh, is it really worth it? Is it really worth following Jesus and standing up for him, even though I might lose my job, even though I might even lose my life for these people? And I reckon, my, I reckon all of us have probably asked those questions at one time or another. Uh, questions about emptiness, questions about losing hope. Is it really worth it? Well, Peter knew God knew what these churches needed to hear. God knows what we need to hear this morning. What could fill their emptiness? What can really fill our emptiness? Well, it's the empty tomb. It's the empty tomb. Peter tells them, God tells us of the real and certain hope of knowing the living Jesus who is alive today, who rose from the dead on the third day, and living for that inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. So what does that look like then? What does it look like to live, well, to, to live the full life rather than 
an empty life, if I can put it that way, or a life of emptiness. That's a better way to put it, isn't it? What does that look like? In, in, it, one, it's not a perfect life, that's for sure. It's not that. Uh, without pain or challenges, although God tells us that suffering and difficulty and challenges in, the Christian, in life as you follow Jesus, um, that strengthens our faith. What does it look like to live life to the full, using Jesus' words for one, uh, John 10? Now, on your outline there, if you've got an outline, it's in your bulletin. It's okay if you don't. Um, I'm going to put some uh, verses up on the screen. There are six little passages that I've mentioned that, that really, uh, in 1 Peter, that uh, describe and give us a pretty good picture of what the filled life looks like. What does it mean? What does it look like to follow Jesus? Your life is full rather than full of emptiness. But, of course, behind all these verses that we're going to have a quick look through is what we've just been reading at the start of the letter that speak of a living hope that can never perish, spoil or fade. See, a believer lives this way, as we're about to read. They live this way because they've put their trust in the Lord Jesus who lasts, who isn't temporary but is eternal and his word is that. They put their trust in, they have a new birth and a living hope. Okay, so what we're going to do, I want to show you this, what it looks like. What does it look, mean to look to have the full life, life to the full? Here's the first one, 1 Peter 1, 13 to 16. So Peter writes to these persecuted Christians, he writes, Therefore with minds that are alert and fully sober, that's got nothing to do with alcohol, it just means you're switched on, you understand things, you're, you're connected, you're going well, all right? that you're thinking straight. Fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be bought, uh, brought, to you when Jesus Christ is revealed as his coming. That's his second coming, when he comes back one day. Um, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. Now, holiness is about being set apart. So if you're a Christian person who's living life to the full, it means you're different. You're different from those around you who don't follow Jesus. That's the first thing. Next one. 1 Peter 1.22 says, Now that you've purified yourselves by obeying the truth, it's the truth about Jesus, so that you have sincere love for each other, what does he say? He says, love one another deeply from the heart. So what does it look like to follow Jesus? What does it look like to have that full life? Well, it's characterised by love. Love God, love your neighbour. That's how Jesus summed up the way God wants us to live. How about this one? 1 Peter 2 verse 11. He says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles... Right? Then these guys don't have their home. The churches are burnt down. They're being persecuted. They're foreigners. They're exiles. He says, abstain from sinful desires. Stay well clear. Flee from it. Get out of there. Don't go near it. What do they do, those sinful desires? Well, they war against your soul. Anyone who's been a Christian for five minutes works that out. <laughs> they war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans, that's non-Christians, non-believers, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Again, a second coming reference there. To its further motivation to live a good life, your good and loving actions will point others to Jesus. There you go. What about this one? 1 Peter 3, verse 15. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord... Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who give, asks you to give the reason for the hope you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. So make sure that you know the reason for the hope you have. What's the reason for the hope a Christian has? That living hope? It's the resurrection of Jesus, what we're talking about this morning. So be ready to share about it. I wonder if you're ready. Be ready to share about it. 
Don't be ashamed, but share about it with gentleness and respect. There you go. Now, what else does the full life look like? Well, a couple more. Here we go. 1 Peter 4 verse 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received, that's from God, to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Serving others is an integral part of living for Jesus. Serving others is a great gift from God. It doesn't always happen this way, but sometimes as you serve, actually you'll be encouraged and you'll be filled as well. That's a great gift. What about last one? 1 Peter 5 verse 10. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. That's good news. So when we live the full life, living the full life is living in the light of God's promises. That confident expectation of where God is taking us, where we'll spend eternity. It seems crazy, doesn't it? to live our lives for this life only when there's eternity. It just seems crazy, doesn't it? To live our lives for this life only where there's, which just won't last and it's full of things that won't last, that will let us down, that will betray us, that ultimately will leave us empty. Friends, I want to encourage you today to fill your tank with Jesus. Fill your tank with Jesus. He's free and you won't be empty again. I'm going to pray in a moment. And, uh, but if you want to talk to someone about anything we've spoken of today, please do. Uh, come and speak to myself um, or Rhiannon who led us, who's leading our service today. Uh, and if you don't ask a question or know a bit more and talk a bit more and ask some hard questions then uh, in your bulletin that you received as you walked in, there's a little tear-off slip, a comment slip. Uh, you can write something down there, give some contact details and put it in the white box at the back or you can put it in the um, offertory bag as it comes around uh, again for our regulars. Uh, if you'd just like to keep in touch with church things too, do the same stuff, do the same thing. All right, how about I pray and thank God for um, his son Jesus. Father, we, um, we thank you today that you sent your son Jesus to die for us to deal with our sin, to give us new life, a living hope. Lord, thank you that's a living hope because, Lord Jesus, you rose from the grave. You're alive today. You're risen. Lord, help us not to put our trust, our hope in things that just won't last. But we know that the inheritance we have with you won't perish, spoil or fade. Lord, we pray for anyone today who's just thinking through all we've said, who's just thinking through about you, Lord Jesus, we pray that you'd be working in their hearts and minds to not walk out of here today without doing something, without speaking to someone, uh, Lord, without asking that difficult question or whatever it might be. Lord, please um, uh, help those people today. But for those who know you, Lord, what God, we thank you so much that you've um, given us that new life in Jesus. And we look forward to eternity with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing again. Uh, we're going to sing.